Welcome, computer report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report Podcast, Energized by Celsius. After a one-day hiatus, we are back and talking about the Bucks' top players, the Bucks over-unders. That's right. You see on the screen there, there's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. We're going to talk about the two of them. We're going to talk about Tom Brady, TB12, talk about some of the other offensive targets that the Bucks have on that side of the ball. We'll talk about their stats that they had last season and discuss, can they reach those numbers again? A couple of guys had record-breaking performances, including Mike Evans. Will they be over those numbers or under? We'll get into all of that. I'm your host, Matt Matera, today, and joined with me is, also from PewterReport.com, Kay Huddy, Casey Hudson, already <laughs> rocking the Celsius. That's awesome. Need it today. You Casey, probably need it too. <laughs> yeah. I uh, full disclosure for everyone watching. I just got home about twenty minutes ago from my flight, but I got here in time <laughs> for the show. So really excited to share it with everyone watching and listening and in the chats. And uh, Casey, how are you on this fine Wednesday? Oh, I'm good. I'm preparing for a very very small brief off season for maybe like a week and a half, which I will <laughs> enjoy to the max before we get into buck season. So lightning's done. I'm going to breathe for 10 seconds and then, then we're off to the races. It's all it already, bucks. yeah, it already seems like that lightning game was, and we won't talk about it too much, but it seems like it was so long ago already. And it's, Oh uh, yeah. The it's heartbreak only been, was so tremendous that it feels like that was a month ago. So yeah. Yeah, it really go. was. And then, now, uh, you know, so. before, before you can blink, training camp will be here and oh, uh mm-hmm. we talked a lot about how we love training camp and everything that went on uh before we get into the over-unders just a little uh you know keep you updated on peterreport.com had a lot of great content out recently uh, including a, a very early mock draft for 2023 never too early for draft season uh an article on antoine winfield jr and we had one up recently it was a um it was a story from Pro Football Focus where they talked about the um, they they were ranking the secondaries in the NFL, mm-hmm. and they had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers second. Now, that's very nice and complimentary to put the Bucks at second, but there was actually a lot of Bucks fans. I don't know if you saw this, Casey, uh, on social media, but there's a lot of Bucks fans being like, "Hey, I love the Bucks, but I don't necessarily agree with that." And I think part of it is. The Bucs know what they're getting with Carlton Davis. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the, the group, there's been like injury history. And we know Sean Murphy Bunting has struggled. So when you have a unit that didn't play together with their top three guys until week 17, the last week right. of the regular season, I think it's a little bit tough to be like they were the second best in all the NFL. I think like talent-wise and potential, if you put it all together, mm-hmm. yeah, I think they could be in the top five. But um I love the Bucs secondary. It's just eh, a little bit too early, I think, to put them second. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's wishful think, like thinking for what, you know, they'll do. Like you said, the roster has all the potential to rank second. But as for their performance, I mean, anyone who follows us as a unit on, on social media, I think there was multiple times that, like, in sync, we were all like, please tackle. Please wrap up on your tackle. Please intercept the ball. Yeah. <laughs> There's always more wishful thinking that, that the secondary could have done, but it could have been because it wasn't, you know, your typical top three guys. So the good news is that they, those younger guys or those guys that are, you know, underrated or not the bigger names, they got reps to fulfill a bigger role and to show how much more potential that they have to grow. But second's a little, it's a little too overzealous, if you will. Yeah. I know you're going to love that. Bucks fans, relax. I'm not here no, to listen to you. <laughs> hey, listen, we're realistic, all right? If we think someone's great, we're going to hype them up. And if we think, uh, you know, a, a player, a unit needs a little, uh, it needs to pick it up a little bit, we, we discuss that too. And, the, oh, yeah. you know, the Bucks secondary. that too much. Last week it was like, I'm the Gronk hater. Guys, right. <laughs> I've met the guy multiple times in person. We're cool. We're, you know, everything's copacetic, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, just hype it, hype everything up. This is not the hype podcast. Right. Yeah. Hype Who wants to have a podcast where just like the Bucks are the best at every single position and they can't get better at all. There's no way that they can top what they've done. Like, right. you know, you got to have discussion and, and debate and, <laughs> 
everything along those lines. So the Bucks secondary and the corners ended up second um, in terms of uh, rankings throughout the NFL. Number one rankings in terms of protein bars would definitely be the Celsius Fast Brands, as you see on the screen right there. They are a product of Celsius, uh, the company. 20 grams of protein bars, but the taste is fantastic. It's absolutely delicious. Scott Reynolds likes to say that they taste like a candy bar, and I absolutely agree. Uh, they have two awesome flavors, the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. Both fantastic. And we always talk about versatility with Celsius, whether it's the drinks or their fast brands. These are the perfect bars for, you know, you weren't able to have breakfast, you need to get to work, bam, have a fast brand. You're getting ready for a workout, want a little, uh, a little something in your stomach before you burn it off, have the fast brand. Don't want dessert, use it as a substitute or mix it in with your dessert. Warm it up a little bit in the microwave and put it in with your, your ice cream or pie or whatever type of dessert you're going to have. So make sure you go to Celsius.com or order them on Amazon as well. The fast brand protein bars, 20 grams. All right. You're getting that protein. Good to go there. So, again, shout out to the fast brands, the white chocolate cookies and cream and the peanut crunch salted caramel. I got both right here. So these are the packages. Very nice, very uh, you know, very appealing to the eye for the uh, the customer. So, make sure you check them out. Yeah, All yeah. right, Casey, <clears throat> let's get into the over unders. I'm psyched for this. The offensive players on the offensive side of the ball, and of course, we will start with the guy that is under center, the man that has changed so many things for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers since he got here. Mark that is, Yeah. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the second. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady the second. Last year, he threw four, an astonishing, and yes, I say astonishing, five thousand three hundred sixteen yards and forty three touchdowns. That is a uh, completion percentage of sixty seven and a half. Mm -hmm. And he also threw twelve interceptions, but. Uh, actually equaled the same number that he had in 2020 with 12 interceptions. Yeah. But, of course, broke multiple records, including the Bucks' single-season passing record and touchdown record. Um, that's why I think, Casey, this over-under is going to be a little tough. And, you know, you could just say it for the passing yards and, and the mm -hmm. touchdowns. I, I'll go with you first. But I know we just said that we can't have a whole podcast every single day about the Bucks are the greatest <laughs> at every position and there's no getting better. But – with Tom Brady, it's very tough to replicate these numbers yeah. that, you know, at he's 44, he'll be 45 in August. He was second in the MVP MVP voting. So, you know, yeah. he's already at the top. Can he go even higher than his numbers from last year? You know, I'm, I'm prepared already for the people that are going to throw a conniption, but I've got to go either I've got to go under here. The last 5,000 plus yard season Tom Brady had was in 2011. So if you look at, you know, the time, the time and space between, you know, such a successful year and such a big number to, to, to hit, to hit, excuse me. Um, you know, you've got to also look at probability versus weaponry. He's going to have a whole different weapon situation going on this year. We don't exactly 100% know what to expect at the wide receiver position. And luckily, once we get into those over-unders, I think it'll make a lot more sense also as to like the reality of Tom Brady hitting 5,000-plus yards. Now, could he maybe hit 5,000 again? Sure. Maybe. Let's see. Because the production rate in terms of how many of those stretches went to Rob Gronkowski, who at, the, at this moment is not on the roster, you got to take that into account. The stretches that went to Antonio Brown that's not on the roster, you have to take that into account. So there's very specific things that you have to look at that, that help stretch Brady to that over 5,000 yards that he hasn't hit since 2011. We're talking about 10 years ago. But... Yeah. Brandon, the wide receiving group shows up and goes off. Could he potentially just like scratch 5,000? Maybe. 5,300 plus yards, maybe not so much. So, unfortunately, I'm going to have to take an under here. I actually am going to agree with you on this. First off, I do want to give a shout-out to people in the chats. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe and help us with that algorithm, and uh, we appreciate all of your guys' interactions. Uh, Charlie said, 
that he thinks over 5,000 yards again. And please let us know when we go through player by player. Tell us if you think over or under with the with the yards uh, and the touchdowns. Also wanted to give a quick shout out to Nate, who said, uh, I don't get to listen live often, but I always catch the pod. Great stuff. Matt and PR. Nate, thank you so much for watching. And awesome that you get to watch live today. Hopefully uh, you can also chat with some over under uh, agreements. Yes. I think yards wise, it's going to be under for Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. it's not anything with is Brady dropping off, you know, is, is father time finally getting to him? It's more arm. Yeah, exactly. I think it's more along the lines of the Bucks have talked about the fact that they need to run the ball better. Mm-hmm. And I understand that they play a lot of good teams, especially early in the season. We really, um, you know, we talked about that, the, the tough schedule, but a lot of times, the Bucs can go and jump out to leads. And I'm, I'm not saying that they would give up the lead all the time. I mean, you think of like the Buffalo game, they won that game, but they had, remember you and I were there, they had a huge lead and then they blew it at halftime. And it's like, well, yep. if you were able to run the ball a little bit better and listen, I understand, better. I understand, you know, the Bucs aren't completely going to flip the switch on their offense. Just decide, all right, we're going to rely on our defense to win. We're just going to run the ball and hopefully they don't mm-hmm. turn it over. No, they're still going to air it out more. I just think, they're going to have more efficiency on the ground game. That's going to be the emphasis for the Bucs. I mean, we talked about when the coaching staff hammered it home on the defensive side of the ball. Before the draft, Logan Hall became more and more like obvious as the pick because they wanted a defensive lineman with the quick first step that could rush the passer. Yep. So bingo, they did that in the draft. Another thing they've really been talking about is being more efficient in the run game. And when mm-hmm. you're more efficient in the run game, of course, you're not just going to – keep racking up those numbers so i do think it's going to be an under in terms of um the passing yards however i'm gonna take the over with the touchdowns because i think the bucks are still going to be fantastic in the red zone and i think um you know even though you're losing gronk who we all know what he can do uh, in the red zone cam Brate very efficient there that's what i was about to say yeah and i think Mike Evans, and we'll talk about Mike in a second. I just think, you know, they 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 got that record together last year. Mike Evans had 14 touchdowns. That's a Bucs single-season franchise record, breaking his own record. And, of course, Brady did his thing. Um, they just – it's tough to describe the chemistry that they have when they're in the red zone. I mean, remember, Mike's first year, there was a couple of games where he had, like, two catches for two yards and two touchdowns. I yeah. think they're going to get even more creative with getting Mike the ball in the red zone. I'm not Wasn't saying they're going to throw Falcons to too. Uh, it was something significant. A team that he hadn't gotten in the t- in the in the end zone versus within conferences where he scored two. Yeah, I was poetic. I thought it was. Yeah, poetic. it's uh, it's always. Uh, I don't know. That's Mike Mike is always putting up some. Uh, you know. Yeah, but awesome you make a great ones. point to the run game. Thinking, considering the following, and you're right, coaches like that's been a big question mark for the Bucks. And you know they've made it; they've made themselves way too predictable with some of the run game that they have tried to execute thus far. So, with Todd Bowles now being the head coach versus Bruce Arians, and you know Cody Air before that, we should be seeing a little bit more versatility in in, in terms of the playbook and what they call when they call it. Now, if they do end up running the ball a lot more would that constitute as them running more in the red zone, depending on how Cameron Bray plays out? Yeah, that's true. Um, Emily actually disagrees with us here, but Emily, thank you so much for watching the show. You're always participating in the chat. Yes, so shout is. out she to you. Uh, a huge fan of uh, the Peter report podcast. She says, I think TV 12 will have more INTs, but only because he's re- going to really sling it this season. And then she went on to say uh, 5,000 plus yards. So, while the interceptions might come with it, um, if Emily, as she says, thinks that Bowles is go- uh, that Tom Brady is going to uh, sling it, could get over that number that he had last season. I actually think his interceptions are going to go down by one or two, and I think it's because we're going to see a more. The Bucks were very efficient last year, but I just remember that first game of the year. It's still stuck in my head. Brady had two interceptions in that game, yeah. and you know this is where you know stuff happens and things like that where one of Brady's interceptions was literally there was two seconds left before halftime. The Bucks had the ball at midfield. So they were just throwing a hail Mary and hopefully 
someone catches it. Unfortunately, it was someone on the Cowboys. <laughs> the um, the other one was, you know, a pass right in the breadbasket to Leonard Fournette. And it went off his hands and it was intercepted by Dallas and, and it went the other way. Tom probably reacted like this after it, you know, the, being, <laughs> being angry. We know how he can get angry on the sidelines and, and try to fire up his teammates or get them going or correct them if they make a mistake. So I think when you see a couple of mishaps like that, um, your interception number is going to go up. But was that Tom Brady's fault on both of them? No, I don't think so. And I think because this is, quote unquote, the last dance with, uh, you know, Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Mm-hmm. Never say never, of course, Justin Bieber. Um, but <laughs> because of that, everyone's already on point, ready to go, laser focused with Tom Brady. But if you know it's his last year, it, it just reaches another pinnacle. It really does. So I think we'll see more efficiency from the Bucks in terms of eliminating stupid and sloppy mistakes that are very, very much avoidable. Oh, yeah. But then that all kind of comes down to, you know, probably the next over-unders we'll touch on being the wide receiving group. It's what they do is what's going to support Tom Brady's success at the end of the day. Um because you have Mike Evans, who's consistent with the over a thousand yard seasons, then yeah. you know there's the question mark next to how Chris Godwin is going to bounce back from that injury, but he is coming off on a thousand yard season. Then there's you know asterisks next to Russell Gage. How is he going to produce? Because with the Falcons, he only broke you know within the 700 yard region, um, but we also know that you know they were slowly establishing his role there, but they loved what they saw thus far. And then comes that big question mark next to Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller. Yeah, we're going to talk about all of these uh, wide receivers, especially the first three that you mentioned, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Russell Gage. First, though, I do want to tell you guys about Best Ball Mania 3 with Underdog Fantasy and the $10 million in prizes that you could potentially take home if you enter this very, very fun and entertaining uh, tournament. Underdog Fantasy is the easiest place to play fantasy football. You draft your team with no in-season management, get the optimal score each week of the season, and you have a shot at over $10 million in total prize money in their Best Ball Mania 3 contest. Head to underdogfantasy.com or the App Store now and sign up with the promo code Pewter, and Underdog Fantasy is going to match your first deposit up to $100. Again, Underdog Fantasy and sign up with the promo code Pewter. And draft your best ball mania three team today. Yeah, last year someone won two million dollars and uh drafted their team in June. I mean, June's almost ending. Uh July starts on Friday. I know that because July 1st is my dad's birthday. Um, but anyway, I also want to tell you guys about the uh pick'em games that they go on. Um, you could do this right now with baseball. I know some of the other sports uh, just ended, but um it's the easiest way to get some action in the NFL, NHL, everything like that. Just pick the over/under on your favorite or least favorite player stats, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold hard cash. Use the code Pewter, get your first deposit doubled up to a hundred dollars. By underdog fantasy. Yeah, you could do that with baseball. It's obviously very fun with, um, you know, the NFL when it gets here. And we're talking about overs and unders. So it's all about the props today. So make sure, <laughs> especially when football season gets here, that you check that out with underdog fantasy. Casey, let's move over to the wide receivers now, as you just uh, mentioned before. Mm-hmm. I was talking about underdog fantasy. And we'll start with Mike Evans. And I find his situation in terms of just his stats and, of course, the Bucs winning. Um, a lot of this depends on Chris Godwin. But last year, Mike wow. Evans had 74 receptions for 1,035 yards. So just got over that 1,000-yard uh, plateau. Mm-hmm. And he also had 14 touchdowns, which, as we mentioned, was a uh, franchise record for single-season touchdowns. Now – with the uncertainty of Chris Godwin and the fact that uh, Russell Gage 
I think there's going to be a little bit of a transition period with him getting acclimated into the box office. It's just natural. It happens to yeah. every player that comes into a new situation. Because of that, I think the onus is really going to be on Mike moving forward, at least that first month of the season. And again, with Gronk not there, while it might hurt the team overall, it does help Mike Evans. So I think I'm going over with the amount of um, – of receiving yards this year for Mike Evans. A little bit of a bounce back isn't the right word because he's still always very consistent and gets right. the job done for the Bucks. But a little bit more of a resurgence of, you know, the ball and out type of Mike Evans, I think is the best way to yes. say it. So love to get your thoughts on that. No, actually, that's a great way to put it because the reality of it is like Mike just barely broke a thousand. And anyone who was, you know, heavily watching the, the end of the season, we know that Brady was making it a point to get the ball to Mike so that he can, you know, collect his accolade that it's very well deserved. Um, granted, and I know a few people are like, oh, we're giving the whole Antonio Brown thing too much, too much attention, too much conversation. But the reality of it is without Antonio Brown there, the question mark next to Chris Godwin, I agree with you. I think it's going to be, you know, what it was two, three, four years ago, which is relying more heavily on Mike Evans while Russell Gage gets acclimated. Now, I don't want to take away from the fact that Tom Brady himself said from the podium in his press conference, the first one that he did after coming out of retirement, that Russell Gage is going to have to be ready to perform. So yeah. if you know anything about Brady, you know, you've got a time frame to prove yourself. And depending on what you do in that time frame is going to, you know, sound off what you will do throughout the season because it takes a while to gain his trust. Um, so this is going to be a big training camp. I think training camp will get a, a better idea of, you know, how the ball is going to be spread around. But you also make a really good point as to the more established run game. Let's not forget Leonard Fournette's not here for a one season deal. And there's going to be question marks in the offseason whether or not he's coming back. Leonard Fournette's a Tampa Bay Buck for three seasons. Like he's in it to win it. So we're talking about a guy whose production rate went up by 60% from his first season with the Bucks to his second season with the Bucks. That might limit how often they rely on Mike Evans if the run game can actually perform, be relied on, be accountable, and you know, successful. So you got to look at it this way. You've got Tom Brady who just keeps stacking the, the, the awards. You, there's a mutual respect, a competitor's respect between two athletes that are just really racking it up. I think Brady gets Mike his 1,000 yards um, because he just barely got those 1,000 yards. I think maybe he significantly gets over it, breaks 1,100. The last time he broke 1,500 was in 2018. So I would say over from what he did, but I wouldn't be surprised if it barely breaks it. Yeah, it's a very interesting point that you bring up with Antonio Brown. And I do think it it, it is uh, relevant to this discussion where it's, you know, we're not just rehashing old things with Antonio Brown. Yeah, we don't want to talk about him. <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 exactly. But in terms of when he was in the lineup, in terms of like stats-wise, and this is obviously the focus of today's show, stats-wise, Antonio Brown in there hurts the – numbers for yes. Mike Evans doesn't hurt the team overall so let, let's just put that out yeah. there it minimizes the production rate of other players yeah but we also have to factor in that AB missed a, a whole number of games last year even before he got suspended you know he's dealing mm -hmm. with what was then a real foot and ankle injury and not the one that he photoshopped later on after uh, <laughs> he walked out on the team but I think that has to be factor in where it makes it difficult to answer this with Mike because you know there were a lot of games when AB wasn't there when all right it was just back to Mike and Chris Godwin before Chris yeah. Godwin got hurt so yeah AB won't be there but now you have to factor in the fact that Russell Gage could he play more games than than AB did last season uh last year Russell Gage played 14 games I believe so and there's that wild card of we don't exactly know just yet how Gage is going to fit on this team. You know, we predict it, but we can't, you know, put our finger on it and be like, yep, that's that's, that's the role. That's how he's going to, to go about it. So I do think the over in yards will hit for Mike Evans. 14 touchdowns, though, I mean, that's an awesome accomplishment. It literally broke a single-season franchise record. I think mm -hmm. it's going to be tough to duplicate it. I mean, Mike did. He went from 13 touchdowns in 2020 to 14 touchdowns in, in 2021. Yep. I think he's going to get double digits and be very close to it. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 14 again and just keeps his Hangs record right going. there. Yeah. But to, I will say one other thing yeah. to keep in mind is that um, 
you have to look at how the ball got spread leading up to Chris Evans' injury. Because yeah. the reality of it is that, or not Chris Evans, way to combine names. Captain America. Chris, That's there right, you go. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Godwin's injury because Godwin actually topped Mike Evans' yard stats last season. And that was before getting hurt. He broke 1,100, whereas, you know, Mike got the 1,035, as you mentioned. So if Godwin comes back healthy, like Sorrell Grayson kind of alluded to, like he might be back before we all know it then you're looking at, you know, a guy who's really eager. He's going to go on a revenge tour, you would hope and think. Um, (laughs) Science has changed. People bounce back differently these Mm -hmm. days from these injuries. And, you know, you're looking right at the nine-month mark for the minimum recovery time to really get back into full athleticism. So it's going to be up to Godwin how much he trusts the leg. But last year we're also talking about the fact of, would Evans have broke 1,000 yards if Chris Godwin didn't get injured when he did and Antonio Brown didn't yeah. walk out when he did? So there's all these scenarios that can play into it. If Russell Gage performs and Chris Godwin comes back and fingers crossed that somebody between Tyler Johnson and Scotty Miller do something, then then there is a run game on top of it. It's going to be really close to see how many yards Mike Evans puts up. So for some reason, I think I might almost go under, but he hits the – Right. Um, he equalizes he, at his touchdowns because red zone wise, Mike Evans, I would throw to him all day. He just makes it happen. Casey, uh, what you just said right there is called threading the needle in terms <laughs> of he's going to get over a thousand yards, but get the under of, um, yeah, get the under of the receiving yards he That's had last year. Uh, a couple people in comments here. Adam Davies, another regular to the chat. Appreciate you watching, Adam. He says, great point, Casey. Spelled Casey wrong, but nonetheless, uh, it's all right. <laughs> For everyone at home, it's K-A-S-E-Y. That's yeah. how Casey spells Casey. Uh, Chris I, Cole. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say I was about to sign language it like I knew it, but I didn't. Oh, yeah. So just go with a K. Chris Cole says Evans is a beast. I uh, saw so some differing opinions as well. Tony had a comment earlier where he said he did not like the um, Russell Gage signing, but Sean oh. Tyler says Gage is my top sleeper receiver pick. So, Differences of opinion there. And Casey, you also did a great job of transitioning to player that I was going to talk about next, which was Chris Godwin. Praise be to Godwin. Um, Obviously returning from the ACL injury, as you just talked about last year before he got hurt, 14 games, 98 receptions, 1,103 yards, five touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. Honestly, tremendous numbers. And it's... It's, you know, obviously we were all upset when he got hurt, but it's even like more frustrating just knowing he had three more games in the run that he was on with, you know, over a hundred yards and getting like double digit receptions in each game. And, and, and the, you know, the touchdowns were a little more spread out throughout, um, throughout the season, but, you know, still doing what Chris Godwin has done on this team. I've long said a lot that, you know, a lot of times with the Bucs offense, the offense goes as Chris Godwin goes. Like He is the guy that – he's the tempo of this offense. He's the yeah. – um, I was going to say trendsetter, but that doesn't really fit. But anyway, he set, he he gets it going He kind of sets the, the Bucks. tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's uh, – yeah, he, I guess I, I mixed them both together. he and the team kind of falls in line. And that doesn't take away from the presence that Mike Evans has. But no, not at all. Think about how long Mike Evans has been on this team – and he's a team first guy. So Evans isn't out there for him and his accolades. Whereas like, so he's happy to sit back and see some of these guys thrive sometimes, which also helps keep him healthy. Cause when it was all about Mike Evans, he struggled through so many injuries, including that hamstring that just kept coming and flaring up. So it yeah. is nice to have that, you know, that balance, but Chris Godwin, I think you're hundred percent on it. Like he's a tempo setter. And when he's having a strong game or when he is reliable and trustworthy in those slots and stuff, then it gets the peg moving. It helps the bucks move towards the end zone and it helps keep them in tough games. Godwin did a lot for this team. So tell me then Casey, is he going to get over the uh, receiving guards this year or under and the touchdowns? Are we talking like specific number? Like, you know, he had the 1100, what was it? 1,103 yards this season. Yeah. Or injury. Um, this is a tough one just it because is. of being over analytical and thinking coming back from injury, yada, yada, yada. But the team, the players who have spoken about seeing Godwin around the facility and stuff, everyone is very hopeful that he's going to be ready to go. 
And if he put up those numbers missing, you know, a couple games towards the end of the season, if he needs a couple games to get acclimated at the top of the season, then really finds his stride. I say Godwin breaks a thousand yards. I, yeah, I think he's going to go over um, once he gets back to the Chris Godwin that we all know and love. I, I just think it'll be, you know, the train's just going to keep rolling and nothing's going to stop him. As yeah. everything we talked about before, he's the trendsetter. He's the uh, tempo setter. Everything that he does, as Adam says here, um, Godwin loves that yak. Yeah, I would say Chris yeah, yeah. Godwin. We had this argument last year of, like, who's the best Fox receivers? And Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, or Antonio Brown? And another, like, spinoff argument of the argument was um, the, the yak, the, the yards after catch, where I think we know, Mike, when it comes to yards after the catch, he takes a seat back compared to um, – the other two yes but, um in, yeah in terms of yard after the catch if you want to argue chris godwin and antonio brown sure go ahead be my guest but a lot of the the production that we saw from chris godwin is what he does after the he has the ball in his hands and i think that speaks to the fact that he also had a rushing touchdown last year yep. because the bucks just want to make sure that he gets the ball and he's almost better after that fact than he is getting open and making those difficult catches and again I made this point before, but I'll allude to it again. Remember that NFC Championship game against the Packers? Yes. When they went on to win the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. They had the ball, and if they got a first down, it would kill the clock, it would run out the game, and the Bucs would win. And they ran essentially a sweep with Chris Godwin. <laughs> they didn't run a play like that all season, but in the most crucial moment, with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line, they gave the ball to Chris Godwin in a running play. So it just shows how much confidence they have in his team uh, have this team has in him. Oh yeah. And I just I just think if you know if he can hopefully recover from that injury, it's going to be another, you know, dominant year for Chris Godwin. I think something that stacks for Chris Godwin too in in terms of, you know, his athleticism and his contribution to the Bucks roster is the fact that he's so versatile. So that helps a lot for one. And I think what's very underestimated and underrated when it comes to the Chris Godwin conversation and the Yak conversation and the comparing him to other wide receivers is not only his versatility, but he's a lot stronger than people realize. Go back and watch some of the catches that this guy makes. He's not making that off of dumb luck. He's not making that because he's, you know, a tinier spritty kind of guy. He's making those catches because he is strong. His ability to hold and manhandle the ball, his ability to fight for the ball in between safeties and corners that are trying to bring him down, that just shows pure strength. The fact that they trust him running the ball, that's a lower center of gravity motion. He's a very strong guy who's very underestimated for his strength. So I would almost, I would take Chris Godwin over Antonio Brown when it comes to the yak conversation because a lot of Antonio Brown's yak capability was the fact that he had the speed and he was able to slip away and be a little bit more grounded. But height comparison, build comparison, Chris Godwin is very much an athlete who deserves to be acknowledged for such a little bit of breaking news here on the Peter report podcast. So everyone knows on Tuesday, July 5th, we will be having rookie bucks running back Rashad white on the show. So make sure you tune in for that four o'clock on July 5th, special guest running back Rashad white. We've had some, Awesome player interviews uh, recently with uh, Will Golston and Cyril Grayson Jr. And going to be uh, very exciting with Rashad White as well. So, again, everyone, put it in your calendars now. Next week on July 5th, that'll actually be our first episode of the week because we will not be doing a show on the 4th of July. Right. Bucks running back Rashad White right here on your screen or tablet here on YouTube, Peter Report TV, the Peter Report podcast. So, <laughs> a little bit of exciting news for you there. Casey, let's move on to another player that we've actually already been discussing um, a little bit. And that is the new addition to the wide receiver room. That is Russell Gage. And after this, we'll start talking about the running backs, such as uh, Rashad White. But uh, R Russell Gage, again, tough to, no pun intended, gauge what his stats are going to be for this year. Because he's in a new offense, new team, and everything like that. But nonetheless, last year, played in 14 games, had 66 receptions, 770 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. So played in the same amount of games as Chris Godwin. Uh, yep. One less receiving touchdown. 
Um, and then it drops off a little bit with the receptions and the yards. But again, you know, very different situations, especially with Atlanta, um, you know, being behind in a lot of games and obviously not having the most efficient team in general. But Russell Gage, I'm taking the over in both of these just for the main fact that, one, you're working with Tom Brady. And we're going to get to Leonard Fournette in a moment. But seeing the progression of Leonard Fournette, even specifically as a receiver, now some of this had to do with the fact that Godwin got injured. But Mm -hmm. Tom Brady just makes other people better. And since Gage is going to be in that Antonio Brown role, I said this the other day, I think we're going to see a a Russell Gage – type of player that we haven't seen before because of the players around him. And he had some very talented players in Atlanta, but working with TB 12, it works for almost everyone. So why not work for uh, Russell Gage as well? <laughs> yes. Well, I would say this, I'm definitely agreeing with the over, not only because Tom Brady's going to be his quarterback, but he's coming into a system where there's a clear path for him to be a lead receiver. Number one, number two, I allude back to the fact that Tom Brady said, Oh, it looks like we lost Casey there. That's all right, though. We'll just uh, we'll just go solo dolo for a bit there. Yeah, Casey said that her uh, connection cut. Um, but yeah, I think just Russell Gage with the <laughs> JC's in the chat here. He says Rashad White on the pod next week. What? Yeah, we're very excited about that. Absolutely. And uh, as we wait for Casey to get back on. Um, yeah, I, I just think Russell Gage with the versatility that he has, and we talked about this before, the, the fact that he can line up outside, he can line up inside. I really like the verticalness to his game. I don't know the how to best say that, but the way he can go up and, and get the ball, I think is uh, a very exciting, uh, you know, factor with that. So you got a new team around you, a winning team, obviously. And if he could stay healthy, I think he's really going to give a lot of production uh, to this team. And one of the most productive ways that you can enjoy yourself when you're watching sports, of course, would be betting with my bookie and my bookie.ag. Guys, we're in the summertime. A lot of the sports has, you know, slowed up a little bit. I saw some people uh, talking about baseball in both positive and and, and negative ways. But, um, you know, 162 games of the baseball season, it can feel like a grind to watch. But you can put the excitement back into it each and every day with my bookie. I mean, there's baseball games all the time. Run lines, money lines, props galore. Again, talking a lot of props today with the over and under. First inning, no runs. Nobody gives you more opportunities to win than my bookie. Getting started is very simple. You deposit up to $1,000 and you could play with $500 instantly. Just use promo code Pewter to claim a my bookie deposit bonus. That would be the bonus of the half. Uh, whether you're a diehard fan or a newcomer to the sport, there's never been a better time to join the my bookie family. Go ahead and sign up today using the promo code Pewter. Uh, to secure your first deposit bonus up to $1,000 with MyBookie. Whatever you put in, they'll meet halfway all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. That's MyBookie.ag. Promo code Pewter. And as we get back to the show here, she has returned. Casey? We've all been there with the connection cutting out. Scott (laughs) freezes up like once every single show you know, so you now know, we just live our lives by trusting wi-fi to perform for us so i apologize guys i will actually be hopping off in a second though because i have things to go do but as for russell gage what i was going to say is that he was averaging anywhere between 66 to 72 reps over with the falcons he's supposed to have a pretty big lead role with the bucks tom brady has mentioned that a couple of times so say that he starts getting about 80 receptions a little bit more that's a clear indication that he's going to get well over 800 yards as long as he, you know, catches well and performs well in the system. With that said, you know, Chris Godwin, 65 receptions, 840 plus yards, 98 receptions over a thousand yards. So if he's anywhere between that 85 plus 
receptions, which I'm thinking he's going to be, um, he's going to well blow out his 700, his two 700 plus yard records with the Falcons. And yes, he has to get situated with a new system, a new playbook, a new quarterback, but you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league. People just play better with Tom Brady. There's a, a big expectation on his head here. So, and not putting pressure on Chris Godwin's return, alleviating Mike Evans a little bit. He is really going to have to step in and perform right away. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you know, Tom Brady was was big with talking about that. He he really like I'm not going to say like took it to to um to Russell Gage when he was like, "Yeah, he like really needs to perform." But he turned out know, the pressure though, and he made yeah. it very clear. Yeah, here's actually Tom Brady talking about Russell Gage. A lot of work. He has to have a big year. You know, we signed him to a contract and he's got to come in and do a great job. And he's, uh, from the time I spent with him, you know, I really enjoy it. And I think he's got a great opportunity. You know, that is a very important role for an offense that throws the ball as much as we do. Um, we have very favorable passing conditions. Um, you know, you need a lot of good receivers and we have depth at receiver. And obviously Mike's a great player. Chris is coming off a pretty significant injury. Um, so Russell's got to do a great job, and Scotty and BP and Cyril and uh, Jalen, all the guys that Tyler, those guys who have had experience in play, they have to do a great job too. So it's a it's a very competitive room, and I think Russ, when he's out there, you know, there's a lot of work that needs to go into over the next six weeks to be ready so that, you know, we're challenged right out of the box this year. So we got really good teams. We got to have a great training camp. We got to, you know, we know when training camp is. It's the 23rd of July. You know, we know we got six weeks of training camp, but I, I feel like it starts, you know, obviously the season's already started. You, you, you're competing every day out there and you're either getting better or, or you're getting worse and you're you're not going out there just to break a sweat. You're going out there to get things done. And I think this should be, you know, in my opinion, our best opportunity to play our best football because we've been together the longest and why should. Right. I think we I think we get the point. <laughs> that, uh, yeah. Tom, Tom and I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll polish it off with this. If you look at any press conferences of Tom Brady when he first came to the team in 2022 and then leading into training camp last year as well as the beginning of the season, he had more of like a, we'll see how it pans out. He has a lot of potential. He has room to grow. He's going to do this. There was a lot of room there. Yeah. He didn't leave that room for Russell Gage. He said we signed him to do well, to perform. He has to come in and do great. Like Tom Brady used very significant words as to what Russell Gage's role will be. So he's definitely going to hit over. Um, and he has a big expectation on his on his head to fulfill a nice, large wide receiver role, especially with Gronk gone. Yeah, uh, especially. And uh, we will talk about the tight ends. Casey, you've been very gracious with your time. I know you're <laughs> extremely busy. Uh, before you go, let's just talk real quick about Leonard Fournette. Uh, last year, 14 games. 180 rushing attempts, 812 yards, eight touchdowns, 69 receptions, 454 receiving yards, and two receiving tight end uh, tight ends touchdowns. <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of stats there. I just threw out at you, but mm -hmm. overall, do you see Lenny um, reaching similar numbers to those totals? Um, do you see one dropping over the other? Taking so, the other. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a little bit of a gamble here. Okay. Leonard Fournette was the workhorse of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had 2,000-yard seasons with them, 1,000 rushing-yard seasons, not even talking about receiving or anything. Um, and we know that he dealt with some off-season things. He wasn't sure where his future was going to land. Now he's here with the Bucs. He was on a one-year contract, proved himself. But he was only – I think he only did 367 yards his first season with the Bucs. There was that whole who's going to play the, you know, the running back role, and Rojo had way too much of responsibility yeah. on his back. Then – Comes in next season on another one-year deal, 812 yards, cool, cool. Then he was two Tutty Lenny, five Tutty Lenny, all the things. Just really, really pulling the Bucks fan base behind him to back him up. Now he's on a three-year deal. He has the security of calling Tampa home. He's not competing with Rojo. Keyshawn Vaughn has a very specific role. Rashad White is coming in learning, and he will you know, fall into his specific role. This is Leonard Fournette's team. I am banking on a 1,000-yard season for Leonard Fournette this year. Wow, 1,000 yards for Lenny. I mean, I he wasn't he that back, far. I think he brings back the gusto that he had because it, 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 a lot of the Jaguars finally making the playoffs eon years ago 
was very much on the performance of Leonard Fournette. He knows how to put a team on his back, but I think a lot of it comes down to feeling, you know, like he has a significant role, like he's being trusted. Yeah. So him and Tom Brady now have a relationship, um, a very established trust bond, and he has the security of knowing where he's going to be for the next couple of years. He has no reason to not perform. There should be no distractions outside of the fact of just loading up the yards. Casey making a bold <laughs> statement on our way out the door, a huge season for Lombardi Lenny coming up. And, I think you make a lot of great points with the fact that the comfortability factor, first of all, and knowing that he's been that bell cow before and very much could be the bell cow again this season. Uh, Very, very interesting. I think it's definitely a possibility for it. Casey, I know you got to run, so thank you so much for joining the show. You'll be on again very soon, so thank you. (laughs) Casey Hudson, ladies and gentlemen, and, of course, uh, people deciding whether – Leonard Fournette will be the bell cow or share some reps with the rest of the running backs in the running back room, of course, would be general manager, Jason light and head coach Todd Bowles. Want to get to everyone's comments here. Saw some conversations about uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and everything like that, but the production of Leonard Fournette, I do think, will stem from a couple of, um, you know, degrees of, of of factors here, including Rashad White, who, of course, will be on the Pewter Report podcast on July 5th on Tuesday's show. And Nate here says Rashad White will get more touches than expected. So that's really the, the tough part with um, – oh, Nate also does not like the picture of Jason Light that we have. Well, let's see if he – what about this one, Nate? Is is this uh, is this picture all right? I think that's from a couple years ago. Yeah, sometimes you get a guy at a bad angle. I don't even really think that's a bad picture of Jason Light. He's like mid-talking, so his you know mouth is going to be out regardless. I also like this picture of Todd Bowles. You know, very uh, you know very serious, all about the uh, all about the business. But anyway, to get back to the point about um, Rashad White. Again, it's already tough to put a number on like what he's going to do because he's a rookie. This is his first year. I do think he's going to play a huge role in terms of um, what he's going to do in the passing game. So I think you'll see a situation where it could be even more receptions and receiving yards than it actually is for um, you know the amount of times that he's going to run, but the Bucks put more of an emphasis on running the ball. I think we're going to see something this year at Tampa Bay. And this could get the wide receivers a lot more involved, but a couple more like sweeps and, and things of, of those natures. We know the Bucks love to run it up the middle. You know, when you have Ryan Jensen up there and obviously they had Ali Marpet and Alex Kappa this year, they'll have Shaq Mason lining up next to um, Shaq Mason lining up next to Ryan Jensen. And then we'll see who wins the left guard job. Could be Aaron Stinney, could be Luke Gedeke, could be Robert Hainsey. Uh, whoever it is, I, I still think it's going to be very efficient for them up there. But with Rashad White, again, going to be a a very good receiver for this team. We know Tom Brady loves the uh, you know security blankets as uh, with the receiving running back and really relied on Leonard Fournette with that last year. But let's not forget about Giovanni Bernard, too, all right? He played 12 games last year, didn't do too much on the ground. Um, eight receptions, uh, sorry, eight rushes for 58 yards. Uh, really made his bones on this team in the passing game, as he has in his whole career. 23 receptions, 123 yards, and three touchdowns. Obviously, a lot of uh, injuries in there, too. He's the most experienced running back on this team. I think it could really be a bounce back year for Giovanni Bernard. You know, we have to remember not everyone just fits into a new system easily, you know, right away. Uh, JC says White is going to be used everywhere. I think it could be the case. But with Giovanni Bernard, if he's going to be that third down guy, I think we could see an improvement there this year. You know, getting into the offense a little bit more, staying healthy. Because remember, he got injured like earlier in the season, he got hurt like week three, I believe against the Rams. So, um, 
you're still building that chemistry, still getting acclimated to the offense, how to work with Tom Brady. What what is Tom like? What what is how do they work together? Is is there certain situations where Gio might let go of a block a little bit early? We talked about the the street ball and the uh making thing things up on the fly with with Leonard Fournette. Now obviously they played two years together and um played two years together where Gio only did it for one year, but I think maybe getting fully up to speed, fully healthy um, really could be a, a more advantageous situation for him. Let's get to some more of the chats here. Mike says, sorry, uh, LI3 says, Mikey Triple Cram. I would love that. I mean, who wouldn't? But I don't know. That's going, that would be extremely tough. Just there's so much talent in this league and to lead it, in all three categories of receptions, receiving yards and touchdowns. It's extremely tough. I know Cooper Cup did it last year and wouldn't be shocking if another player did it again with just everyone around the league. But, you know, Mike always tries to put everyone in front of him and Mike takes on those double teams and it makes it very tough for everyone. So um, leading the cat, the league in all three of those categories, I don't necessarily see it happening, happening. Another good question here from Li3. What's what uh, are are y'all's favorite jersey combo? We actually did a PR roundtable on this. I think last we did it like at some point in the off season uh, last year, and I would have to go back and see what I said. Um, first of all, I, I I will answer this question. I I like all of their jerseys. Especially when when they got the when they changed to the new ones that they that they got two seasons ago, I understand why the Bucks wore the pewter pants and the the white jersey. You know, it was the jersey that they won the Super Bowl in. They won most of their playoff games in it. Um, so I, I understand from that standpoint, like the team's winning. Let's go with it. I'm good with you know the the usual pewter pant the sorry the the brown pants and the um or pewter pants and or pewter pewter helmet, but the brown pants and and the red jersey, you know when they're the home when they're the home team you got to um you know you got to rock the red jerseys, but yeah you know pewter pants I got no problem with it. Um, Allen says white on top of pewter. Adam says white jersey, pewter bottoms. I like the all pewter jersey too. And maybe I'm a little bit biased because we are pewterreport.com, but I don't know. I kind of think that they were awesome. Nate chiming in says one creamsicle, two all red color rush, three red on pewter, four white out. So he gave his Mount Rushmore of uh, jersey combinations. Let's get a little more. Back into the conversation as we start rounding out this podcast, finishing up. We know Gronk's not going to be here. Or will he be here? Don't necessarily know just yet. But of course, that means Cam Brait is going to be the number one guy on this team when it comes to the tight end position. And again, so many different things up in the air with Kate Otten, like he hasn't even played yet. Um, Coke Keefe, obviously more of a blocking tight end than anything else. But Cam Brate last year played in all 17 games, had 30 receptions, 245 receiving yards, and four touchdowns. I think without question, at least in terms of receptions and receiving yards, the over is going to hit because he's the number one guy. Um, it's just a matter of principle of just getting more snaps and being more of a target. Um, with that said, you know, tight end hasn't always been the um, tight end hasn't always been the focal point in a Byron Leftwich type of offense. Gronk, of course, defies, you know, a, a lot of this, but Will we see, and we talked about this before on the podcast, will we see the Bucks go back to staying vertical, really honing in on, on Mike and Chris and, and Russell Gage? Or does, you know, Cam Brady after three seasons with Tom Brady build up a little bit more of that chemistry? 
the touchdowns, it's funny because I remember uh, former Peter Report uh, alumni, Taylor Jenkins, he was talking about this recently on Twitter. I, I saw him saying something about it where it's tough with Cam Bray because if you, if you look throughout like his whole career, he's been very consistent of like scoring between three to five touchdowns per season. But again, not too many of this happened with Tom Brady. He's only played two years with him, had two touchdowns in 2020, four touchdowns in uh, 2021. But now with the whole year <laughs> as the unquestioned number one guy, does that touchdown number go up? I think it's very much a possibility. Um, I would say if he's going to go over for the top two receiving yards and uh, receptions, I'm going to say not necessarily. I'm going to say he's going to get four again. I think he'll be right at that number. So we'll see if Cam Brate can really get that going. A lot of people have very uh, varying opinions on the uh the jersey combo tony does not like the all pewter while others absolutely love the the all pewter look uh obviously a shout out to the creamsicle um tony said he likes red or pewter so yeah but you know you, you can embrace debate that's what happens this time of the year when a lot more of, uh, you know, the discussion, discussions move to, is this person the greatest of all times? Is that person the greatest of all time? Uh, we'll get to two more players here, go back to the wide receiver position, because, again, with the Bucs, it's um, it's a little tougher to gauge with the with the tight ends when you have two rookies there. And Cody McElroy has one career reception for, um, you know, for 30 yards. Couple questions about Dalton Schultz as well. Uh, any truth to the trade rumor on Schultz, Schultz from Dallas? All I'm going to say is, as far as the Schultz is like the number one tight end for Dallas, so I don't necessarily know why they would want to get rid of him, uh, especially with you know, I, I I know they have another younger tight end on the team, but. You know, you're playing the Bucks week one. Do you really want to trade a guy now? And I understand they're not they're not in the same division. They're in the same conference. But you got a whole offseason and training camp, and you know you're playing them week one. You got to think he's going to, like, reveal secrets and systems, and every team's all about getting any type of advantage that they can, you know, possibly have. So, um, and financially, the, the Bucks. They already made a lot of splashes. I understand it, it could be, you know, if he's having a contract issue. I I, I think there was something going on with the franchise. I got to have to look it up. Uh, obviously, I've been doing the show. I didn't have time to do it. It it would have to come down to, and the Bucks are the best at, you know, kicking the can down the road, getting those those void years and things like that. But they've kind of made a, already a lot of their, their big signings. So, um, to get someone like Schultz that is looking for, I would probably say in terms of tight end money, maybe not necessarily a top dollar, but within the you know top five. Obviously, it would be awesome to have him if the Bucks could, could trade for him. He, no one can replace Gronk, but um, you know, of course, it is a situation where um, it would be probably an upgrade over Cam Brate, who you see on the screen there, but not necessarily, um, not necessarily. Again, like you're getting a a Kittle or a Kelsey or something along those lines. Um, another wide receiver we can talk about is Jalen Darden, who Darden, of course, mostly a kick returner last year. Um, he only, as a wide receiver, he only had six receptions for 43 yards, and they were all essentially um, in mop-up duty. So obviously I, I would say that the over is going to hit in a situation like that, where, you know, if he, now he has to win the job. That That's obviously what it comes down to. He has to win the job when it comes to this wide receiver position battle. Can he get the number five um, or the number four? I wouldn't necessarily rule that out. I think he goes over on both accounts. I, I think as we talked about it, we've hyped up, Jalen Darden a lot. So you can go back and 
watch and listen to uh, another episode where we talked a lot about him. But if he can take everything from what he was doing in training camp and OTAs and everything like that, if he can keep that going, I think he'll smash those numbers of um, that he had last year. And obviously, there wasn't too many to begin with. But the last player we'll talk about is Tyler Johnson, who we've mentioned the wide receivers a lot on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Not too much discussion with Tyler Johnson. He had 36 receptions for 360 yards last year and did not have a touchdown. So where does he end up this year? Because he's in a lot more. I mean, it's the same guys, but with the injuries and progression of players. Initially, you would think, okay, Tyler Johnson, number four receiver, like really going to to do some things, but you know, when he was in there, there wasn't much production. And now you have Scotty Miller, who if healthy, I think can take that next step can become the wide receiver that the bucks were looking to see a lot more out of, of not just the guy going down the field, making the tough catches. Scotty was having a great OTAs before uh, he got whatever injury he's dealing with and it didn't practice. Um, at minicamp Rashad Perryman obviously is a, you know, a, a player that everyone is familiar with. He's a veteran, but he didn't do much last year. Um, and then of course there's Cyril Grayson jr. Um, a friend of the program, of course. And again, a reminder, Rashad white joining the show next Tuesday on July 5th. Put it this way. If Tyler Johnson earns the, the fourth receiver spot, I think the receptions will go up. I don't necessarily know about the the yard. So I'll, I'll take the over in receptions for Tyler Johnson. Um, but of course, if he doesn't win the, the job out of training camp, say Cyril Grayson gets it. And he had 10 receptions for 212 yards and two touchdowns. But remember all of this came late in the season, that game against the Panthers, that game against the Jets, he scored the game winning touchdown. Um, again, it's one of those things. You're not really going to do the over under with a, a guy that, didn't have too much playing time last year because you know he's going to smash those numbers. But in terms of over under with Tyler Johnson, um, if he wins that fourth job, I think his receptions definitely hits over. Um, if he gets the fifth or like is the last wide receiver to really make it, um, I don't think he necessarily is. I, I would pick the under with, with both of those. So definitely. Um, a thing to watch for training camp when it gets going. And another thing that always gets going for a great time is pin chasers bowling lane. As you see, there's multiple locations in places such as East Pasco, Zephyr Hills, Midtown, and Veterans. Uh, they have a place that is not too far from the Advent Health Training Center where the Bucks have their practices and where training camp will go on. And this place is more than just a, a, a bowling lane. You know, Pin Chasers has so many great different deals, and it's such a fun night out with friends and families. They got all-you-could-eat pizza, all-you-could-bowl, Dollar Miller Lights. They got uh, brunch specials on the weekends. There's different deals for every night. So if you want to take the family out, go out with some friends. Make sure you go to Pin Chasers. You could book a party for your kid if you want to throw a birthday party there. They got the arcade room, so they could bowl, play some video games, do all of that. Food's very underrated between the pizza, chicken tendies, nachos, all the other food that you can think of. Uh, very underrated. So, again, it's more than just a bowling lane. It's a really fun time. Go to pinchasers.net to reserve a lane or book your party today, and we will have a special event coming up at Pin Chasers later in July, so stay tuned for more details about that. I uh, do want to thank everyone for joining the show today, talking about the over-unders for some of the top offensive players for the Bucks. A lot of Tom Brady, a lot of Mike Evans discussion, uh, Chris Godwin and Russell Gage talked a little bit about Leonard Fournette and Rashad White, Gio Bernard, and um, a little bit about Jalen Dard and Tyler Johnson, too. A shout-out Mark here. He says, hit the like button before you close out. Please do. Takes you two seconds. Hit that like button. Please do subscribe 
to Pewter Report TV. If you enjoy our podcast, if you enjoy the clips that we put out of either the podcast or press conferences and all the other content that we got going on at pewterreport.com, um, make sure you go to our website, check out the videos here, like and subscribe. Just lets you know that, hey, new video drop. We got get got this going on. It's absolutely free, costs you nothing, and it could really help us out. And one more reminder, again, do want to tell everyone we have a special guest, as you see on the little ticker tape there at the bottom. Special guest on July 5th, Bucks running back Rashad White is joining the show. Obviously, the Bucks drafted him out of Arizona State. Hopefully, he'll have a huge impact on the Bucks offense this year. Um, in the running game and in the passing game as well. So make sure you watch on Tuesday, July 5th. Really looking forward to that episode with Rashad White. And of course, we will be back again tomorrow for a Thursday show right before the 4th of July weekend. So thanks everyone for watching the chat. Make sure you like and, like and subscribe. That's kind of tough to say together, but please like and subscribe. And I'm your host, Matt Matera, saying thanks, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow for another episode of the Pewter Report podcast. Peace out.